Next on BYU Sports Nation, the author of the Sports Illustrated feature on Spencer Hadley and the friend of the program, Jeff Benedict, joins the show. Additional details on what happened at the Utah State Prison last Friday and where Hadley goes from here. What's the national perception of BYU football and that Spencer Hadley story? Former Cougar standout, two-time NFL All-Pro and award-winning broadcaster Vi Sikahema weighs in from NBC10 in Philly. Plus, men's basketball coach Dave Rose joins BYU Sports Nation to talk about his current health status after surgery and why all of you should be stoked for the upcoming season. This is BYU Sports Nation on the BYU Radio Sports Network. What is up? Thursday, September 26, 2013. It feels like a Friday. It really does. Because game day is tomorrow. BYU Middle Tennessee football. Not to mention, I don't know how the weather is where you are, but here in Provo, it snowed. On the mountains. Yeah, last remember night. that one time it snowed in September in Provo? Oh, yeah, that happened last night. Fall equinox, the 22nd, right? Four days later, snow. Come on! <laughs> What's up with that? It's a balmy 45 degrees outside right now. Sa- uh, I say Saturday. Tomorrow's game day weather forecast, by the way, in Provo. Guess what? 53 uh, degrees, 40% chance of scattered showers. Ugh. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Although the BYU is undefeated at home, given the weather delay factor, right? Yes. There's with a positive a, with spin. With a crazy volume of games. What? No. Uh, we've got a great show lined up for you. As mentioned, Jeff Benedict, author, co-author of the book, The System, as well as the article on Spencer Hadley, will join us live in a couple of moments. Uh, Vice Kahema from Philadelphia, men's basketball coach Dave Rose, and of course, women's volleyball head coach Sean Olmstead will preview the matchup with St. Mary's. Uh, tonight on BYU TV. Uh, should be a fantastic show and excited uh, to get through it. Tons of great guests. We're reaching new levels. Four guests today, which I believe is an all-time high. So, yeah, absolutely uh, looking forward to what comes today. Happy Thursday, by the way, to all of you, wherever and however you may be listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. Now, if you're new to the program, you can always listen to BYU Sports Nation on BYURadio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, Sirius XM Channel 143, and Dish Network Channel 980. You can also catch the show on demand every afternoon on the BYU Radio YouTube channel. That's how you listen. And this is how you, BYU Sports Nation, get involved in the conversation. Send your tweets to at BYU Sports Nation and or vote in our daily poll question at BYUTVSports.com. The Blue Raiders from Murfreesboro, Tennessee, coming into a chilly Provo tomorrow night for a little Friday night football. Here's the question. What do you want to see the most as BYU hosts Middle Tennessee tomorrow? Taysom Hill completes 50% or more of his passes. Yes. BYU to win by 20-plus points. Yes. A defensive shutout. Eh. Just win. Yes. Vote on BYUTVSports.com and weigh in on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Jeff Benedict is the co-author of The System, The Glory and Scandal of Big-Time College Football. We had him in studio last week to discuss his book, and he offered up audio gems such as... I think you got a coach here who realizes that what we're building here is not NFL players. We're building men. And there's more to being a man than being a football player. You know, that's, and I find that very refreshing. It's different. About an hour before yesterday's show, Jeff had a new article released on Spencer Hadley, found at sportsillustrated.com, giving insight into really a once-in-a-lifetime experience at the Utah State Prison last Friday. Jeff spoke with Spencer and his parents as well and joins us now from New York. Jeff, how are you today? Uh, I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) That's an appropriate answer. Let me ask you this. When did you realize this was becoming a very significant story? Uh, Well, I mean, I knew it was a big story when I landed in Utah last week uh, to, you know, to promote the system because as soon as I got off the airplane, uh, the first thing I saw was my book in the airport bookstore, which made me happy. The next thing I did was pick up the the local paper, and I turned to the sports section to read up on the rivalry, and Spencer's picture was on the front page with a, under a headline that he'd been suspended for five games. So it was pretty obvious it was a, it was, this was going to be a big deal. How about your story that you wrote? When did you realize that would have some legs on SI.com? Well, I, I didn't have any intention of writing any story. That's the thing. I wasn't out there to work on a story. Uh, you know, I was out there to to work on the, you know, kind of the publication of the book. and But I was following the news, and then Friday night, uh, I had done Bronco's uh, radio show with him Wednesday evening at the stadium, and he was, you know, gracious enough to invite me, the uh, give me the opportunity to come with the team to the prison uh, on Friday night. 
I think part of the reason he did that is because back when I was writing the system, they had invited me to do that last year, and I wasn't able to go. It was just a scheduling conflict on my end, and so and it was something I really wanted to do because I thought it would have worked great in the book, but we just couldn't work it out. And so I think he just said, you know, if you want to go. And so anyways, I I decided to go just out of curiosity. I mean, that literally was all it was. Certainly didn't go there thinking I was going to write a story. Um, and I was surprised when I got on the bus, uh, the team bus at the hotel Friday night, um, just before the bus took off, the last guy to get on was Spencer Hadley. And he sat down in the seat right across from me on the aisle. We were in the front. And uh, and I think everyone else on the bus was as surprised as I was. I was I was very surprised. And uh, and then, you know, the scene that on that played out at the prison was just, you know, unbelievable. Uh, the way that went, because naturally he wasn't scheduled to speak because he wasn't even scheduled to be there. And uh, it was very impromptu because after everything was done and, and Bronco finished his speech and took questions, and when he turned to sit down, uh, an inmate in the back you know, yelled out, put Hadley in. And I, I'm pretty sure that none of the inmates knew Hadley was even in the room because you couldn't really see him from where the inmates were seated. Uh, but then Spencer stood up. And, and at that point, you knew something, something memorable was going to happen. Um, and it did because he got up and did what I think a lot of people would have had a really hard time doing, which was facing, you know, a very large audience of strangers. It wasn't that they were inmates that necessarily mattered. It's just the difficulty of knowing you've been in the spotlight for all the wrong reasons for almost a week and it's rivalry week. So it's magnified and everybody's talking about what you did when no one really knows what you did. So there's a lot of rumors swirling around and there's, uh, unkind things being printed about you on the internet and chat boards and you know all this other kind of stuff and so for him to stand up there and and sort of bear a soul to these inmates was pretty dramatic and he he made a connection with them that was unlike the, any of the previous speakers um and he made a connection with everyone else in the room right down to the prison guards i mean by the time he finished you know like i wrote in the story yesterday uh, there w there was not a dry eye in the house i mean it was including mine i mean it was just i i was i was texting my editor in fact i'm sitting in his office right now and i i had texted him from the bus before we even left the prison saying you know we need to talk first thing in the morning um i'm inside the a prison and i just saw something unbelievable and you know he texted back and said i'm up let's talk now <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so it really did come together that way. Talking with Jeff Benedict, co-author of The System, The Glory and Scandal of Big Time College Football, also a guy who's had great access to the BYU football program during uh, the course of putting that book together. And, of course, uh, he wrote the article on Spencer Hadley that was released on SI.com yesterday. Jeff, you had a chance to talk to Spencer and his parents. Uh, what was that initial meeting like when you were sitting down with the three of them? Well, I'll tell you how I approach a story like this. So uh, when I when we got off the bus Saturday night, uh, Friday night after the prison uh, moment, I um, I don't I didn't know Spencer. I mean, obviously I know who he is, but I've I had he's one of the players that I never talked to last year when I was working on the book. So I mean, I've never even said hello to him. Uh, so it's not like we had any kind of relationship uh, whatsoever. And so I I approached him as he got off the bus, and I just I introduced myself and. Um, and I, you know, I told him I was the one who had written the, the book and the chapters on Kyle and Bronco and Ziggy. And of course, he was familiar with that. And um, and I told him, you know, I said that uh, I was pretty taken by what I'd seen, and that um, I'd already contacted my editor back in New York, and that we we were very serious about doing a story about that. And um, and I asked him if he would be willing to meet with me and talk. I mean, that's really how it started. And and uh, uh, Spencer, you know, we talked to a little bit more there, and then Spencer agreed. And so I spent all of Saturday morning, like about five hours, literally, composing questions, you know, kind of what, what would I want to ask him? Because uh, I, I knew I was going to have a good portion of the afternoon to spend with him. And so I spent my entire morning. I got up early, and I and I did this until I left. And I left Salt Lake around, uh, I don't know, 1230, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and drove down to Provo. Well, my number one question on my list was, you know, can I talk to your mom and dad? And that was the first thing I planned to ask him. Well, when I got down to his apartment in Provo, I knocked on his door, and lo and behold, who opened the door? His parents. And so I crossed that one off the list yeah. and, you know, came in the, in the apartment, and they were 
you know, they had been there all week. I didn't know that, and uh, he hadn't mentioned that. And so right there I just said, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to interview as, you as well. And uh, so I, I, I talked to Spencer first and uh, spent a, you know, a long time with him. And then, and, then, and then I interviewed his parents, and then I talked to the three of them together. Talking with Jeff Benedict, co-author of The System, The Glory and Scandal of Big Time College Football, and the article that's made waves uh, nationally about Spencer Hadley, him speaking for the first time. Jeff, from your conversations uh, with the Hadleys and others, what do you sense is kind of the next step in this story? Uh, well, actually, first let me back up to something you just said about sure. the story making waves. We were just actually looking at some numbers. What are the numbers? 33,000? Is that what the number of Yeah. As of right now, the story has actually set a record on the website. It's got 33,000 Facebook wow. likes, which is unprecedented wow. for, you know, for that. Uh, I mean, those are pretty remarkable numbers. It shows you how many people are sharing and liking the story. Um Nice work. And then, yeah, the number of traffic on the on the story yesterday was pretty spectacular as well. And the number of reader comments uh, is extremely high. So it's it is a story that obviously, uh, you know, this is not necessary. It is a football story. I mean, that's partly what makes it great is because of the football context. But obviously, I think what is appealing about the story is it it reaches so many other themes that are that appeal to a lot of people. And redemption is clearly the main one. You know, that's a that's a big theme. It doesn't matter what team you like. Um, that's something that I think uh, connects with a lot of people. And I think that's why people gravitated towards the story the way they, they have. And they continue to. Those numbers are still going up. Jeff, was it difficult to keep quiet about this on Saturday when you knew that you had gathered all this information and had developed into uh, what really became a record-setting story on SI.com? Was, was it hard to keep that to yourself and, and not want to just start writing it right away? Yeah, uh, I'll answer that. My, my editor's sitting here. He just handed me another note that says the story's up to 300,000 page views. So, I mean, those are just wow. Those are big-time numbers. Um, and anyways, yeah, it, the pro- it wasn't that I had time difficult time keeping quiet it's just that i had a difficult time focusing on the game <laughs> yeah. um we were you by you I mean? on the because, sideline a little bit and i i sort of noticed yeah. that a little bit you you were you were focused on something else and it yeah, was this was, yeah I, that's the thing is i it's you know i was there to do a job saturday night as well because i was working on the paperback chapter for next year's edition of the system and so that's why i was covering the game and uh but it's really hard to focus on anything when you when you know you have something like as important as that to write and as Spencer's story, and so um, yeah, I was. It was even worse the next day. Sunday, I had to cover the Lions Redskins <laughs> game in D.C., and um, all I really wanted to do was write Spencer's story. And in fact, I was writing Spencer's story in the press box at uh, FedEx Field in Washington. Um, that's how you know it was just such a good thing. And and then Sunday night, I I wrote more on the train from D.C. to New York, um, and then Monday morning, you know, just that's all I did. But yeah, it's, it's hard to focus on anything else if you're, if you're working on something like this, because it's, you know, I, it was obvious that this was a story that was going to be really good. A couple of things for you, Jeff, as we close up. One, I hope you sleep like 14 hours tonight after the weekend mm-hmm. that you had. And two, did you, Won't happen. <laughs> <laughs> did you get a chance to talk to uh, Ziggy Ansa at all while you were uh, at FedEx Field? Oh yeah, that's why I was there. That's the only reason I was there. So, yeah, I did. Um, I talked to him after every game. Um, and, uh, of course, he got his, his first NFL sack on Sunday, which was great. Uh, he actually had two sacks. Um, he uh, had a lot of tackles. He played more. He had took more snaps than any defensive lineman except Nautikam Sue. And uh, he was one of the Rookie of the Week players. I mean, he had his best game so far as a pro. It was only his third game. But he, he, was, he was the best defensive player on the field Sunday for the Lions. And that's pretty remarkable because they have a, I mean, they have a very good front four for sure. And uh, he was just, he was really good on Sunday. And uh, in the locker room after the game, uh, his teammates were giving him a really hard time um, in a good way. But, I mean, they were really uh, busting on him because he, uh, he really came out Sunday and just, uh, he had a great game.
Yeah, seven tackles, picked up his first NFL sack, as you mentioned, and a candidate for NFL Rookie of the Week. Jeff Benedict, always a pleasure to have you on. It's been great to get to know you, and uh, appreciate all the work you've done with BYU football. All right, thank you, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Thanks, Jeff. Again, if you haven't read it on SI.com about Spencer Hadley, a fantastic article he mentioned, 300,000 views on SI.com, 33,000 Facebook likes so far, and he's the co-author of the book, The System, The Glory and Scandal of Big Time College Football. Make sure you check that out. Yeah, Jeff Benedict, uh, again, he, he knows how to tell a story, uh, both with his voice and with a pen and paper. Um, could listen to him all day. I know I've said that a few times this week, but that, that really is, is how it is. Absolutely. Coming up on BYU Sports Nation, go East! BYU Sports Nation hits up former NFL All-Pro and award-winning sports anchor Vi Sikahema in Philadelphia. The former BYU star tells us how the Spencer Hadley story is being perceived on the East Coast. You're listening to BYU Sports Nation. Hey, this is Johnny Harleen, and you're listening to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Happy Thursday and welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan here live from the beautiful BYU broadcast building on a brisk fall day in Provo, Utah. Snow in the mountains. It's September 26th. And our senior coordinating producer, Michael Miner, uh, just sent me a text message that said, Live in New England and then complain about cold weather. Okay, you win. I'm coming from Palm Springs, you know, a couple of months ago. It's 97 degrees there this week. 97. It's September 26th. I just want a couple more weeks. That's all I'm asking for. You can follow us on Twitter at Spencer underscore Linton and at Jerem Jordan. Get involved with our show at BYU Sports Nation. Very quick poll update to that. Oh, actually, you know, uh, Jerem, let's go to Vi Sikahema. Yeah, former uh, former BYU running back and NFL All-Pro Vi Sikahema, who's now a sportscaster with NBC10 in Philadelphia. Vi uh, joins the program now. What are your thoughts on this Spencer Hadley situation and article in Sports Illustrated? Well, uh, first of all, Jeremy Spencer, thanks for having me on the show. Um, I, you know, it's quite fascinating. I, you know, there's there hasn't been really. I, my suspicion is there isn't a year that goes by that you know these kinds of things happen, and sometimes, but occasionally they they happen to to guys like Spencer uh, Hadley who are you know a, a starter, a player uh, of the magnitude that. That, that it draws attention from from even the national media, like uh, like Sports Illustrated, and we've seen this play out, you know, over time, you know, in recent years, um, you know, in basketball, and and, uh, and even more recently, not only Spencer, but um, uh, but you know, there've been players over the years. And this goes back to, to my era, my time, um, and I'm not speaking out of school here, but. Uh, you know, there are some great players in my era who were suspended for a year because of uh, article violations. Uh, Glenn Kozlowski, in, in my time, uh, had to leave school after his freshman year. You know, maybe a dozen years ago, Reno Mai had to do that. And, I'm, and this is all a matter of public record. The, but, but, the, but the thing is this, guys, um, this is part of what is unique about BYU and what I love about BYU is that it stands by principle. And people actually, you know, Part of the attention that BYU gets for this is because they do stand on principle. When so many other schools, you know, sort of, you know, turn the other way and, uh, you know, um, and, and ignore it and dismiss it, BYU holds its athletes holds their feet to the fire. And what is and what is even more unique is that the athletes, the athletes recognize it. Um, you know, from time to time, there are guys who do leave school and transfer someplace else. But I think for the majority of the players. Uh, the athletes who are at BYU um, stay at BYU, and and even um, like, like Spencer recognize that they made mistakes, and uh, you know they, there's a there's a punishment, um, but that there's also ultimately redemption, and that is that is the thing that will help Spencer Hadley, and will has helped Reno Mahe, has helped Glenn Kozlowski, and a host of athletes who have played at BYU. Many of them, many of them, my close friends. And it has blessed their lives ultimately when they've left their sport. You know, you don't get to play in the NBA forever. You don't get to play in the NFL forever. Ultimately, when you leave those those sports, uh, when, it, when, when it's your time, you leave there with the lessons learned from these kinds of experiences. 
Talking with Vi Sikam, a former BYU Cougar football standout, two-time All-Pro in the NFL, and now uh, a very accomplished anchor at NBC10 in the Philadelphia area. Vi, I don't know how well you know Bronco or what your relationship is with him, but can you tell us your opinion on his ability to lead this program and how much his influence uh, has really set up these scenarios in developing men and not just football players? Now you, you now you probably asked that question. I know you got to be asking that question tongue in cheek because it's it's a matter of public record that I've had fallouts with Bronco. Right? You guys know that <laughs> a little bit. But yes. The, but but here's the thing: Bronco and I have a great relationship. Um, you know, and it's been rocky at times, but that's how my relationships with my with my family is, frankly, uh, because I say things to my family that sometimes they don't want to hear. Um, and sometimes I'm right, and guess what? Sometimes I'm wrong. <laughs> but I'm a very opinionated person. And when you have an opinionated person in your family, you just sort of, you know, hey, that's, that's who they are, and that's what they are. I, I say things to Bronco that uh, my guess is not a lot of people say to Bronco. Um, but I think, you know, and I think he was kind of taken back by the first time I, you know, I called him on something. And, and you know what? I like Bronco. And, and uh and and though people in Cougar Nation may not uh, realize or appreciate this, but Bronco likes me. We like each other. I think over time he's he understands and he appreciates uh, you know that I, I how much I love the university. I, this may be a shock to a lot of people in Cougar Nation to think that I'm a turncoat, but I love Cougar Nation. Um, I love the university. I listen. Um, the university has done for me what it has done for thousands and thousands of young men who came there, um, you know, and played football there on football scholarships and met, you know, met our spouses there. And for me personally, like thousands of others, uh, learned who I was there, who I am, and uh, found my testimony in the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is ultimately the greatest thing about BYU. Having said that, that's not to say that I, from time to time, uh, you know, I, I don't see things that I, you know, I disagree with, and, and so I say so. And, and sometimes, in fact, most of the time nothing happens. But I just say because that's that's who I am and that's what I am. Um, I have a great relationship with Bronco. I think Bronco's done a great job um, in, um, in 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 shaping the mission of the university and 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 massaging and and adjusting the program, uh, the football program, so that it does fit the mission of the program. I believe in that too. I, look, I've raised four kids. All of them, all of them went through BYU. Um, you know, and that's, that's, I know that's difficult to do these days. Um, my kids, I, you know, I've got a great wife and she raised smart kids. And so my kids ended up at BYU. I want them to have, I want them to have their feet in the fire if they do, you know, if they're, if, uh, if they're out of line and if they, uh, you know, if they, if they do things that are not within the honor code, I want them to be held accountable because ultimately it's not about BYU. It's about what they're going to do with the rest of their lives that is most important to me. And so far, my kids have done that, and that, and that happens at the football program as well, and Bronco has done that. Uh, and we all know, and we don't have to go back in history, we all know that that hasn't always happened at BYU. And quite frankly, it didn't always happen when I was at BYU. Um, you know, there, there were guys that, you know, there, there, there were things that were missed. Um, it wasn't that Lavelle uh, turned the other way and dismissed him. Sometimes things were just missed, but now... It's a different era at BYU, and um, you know, and now with the social media and the internet, and everybody's got a cell phone that's got a, 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 a camera attached to it. People are going to take pictures, uh, you know. And and Spencer Hadley, sadly, you know, had that had that situation, and uh, so you just have to, you know, it's athletes are more scrutinized now. But I think Bronco's done a terrific job. And, uh, and holding people accountable. I just wish we, you know, we, we could have beaten Utah. Frankly, I love my kids at Utah, but I'm I'm a BYU guy. I've got kids who are there. I've got, you know, I'm talking kids. I'm talking about, you know, Tongan and Samoan kids that I'm, I'm close to and their families. I, I love Kyle Whittingham, what he's done. But having said that, I love where the program is. I love what we're doing. Um, you know, I I uh, wish we could have gotten that Virginia game back, but we all do. We all wish that we can get the Utah game back. We all do. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, the most important things are getting done and are and are being done at BYU. In fairness to you, Vi, Vi Sikahama joining BYU Sports Nation, I think you're in a place where you can say things to Bronco that uh, most BYU people can't. And so we do, we do recognize that and certainly appreciate your clarity and your honesty in the matter. You brought up oh. BYU's current team uh, losing to Utah and Virginia. 
you're in Philadelphia. Can you give us the East Coast bias perspective of BYU football and, and where they fall nationally after a couple of tough losses and with the new offense and all of that? Well, listen, uh, Jeremy Spencer, I, the, the truth of the matter is when BYU loses games, they're – you know they're a non-factor here in the East Coast. Uh, you know, but you know what? When they're winning games, they're they're like they're like everybody else. Uh, you know, people when when BYU is winning and they're on national TV as they often are because of ESPN. People at my work and people, everybody at my work knows I'm a BYU grad. But you know, but they'll come and ask me, "Hey, man, I just saw BYU play the other night. Man, they're awesome. Uh, that kid that they've got." Playing, uh, playing tailback for them. I had, I had, you know, three coworkers come up and ask me, "Is that kid, um, that, that running back, is he going to be okay?" That that young kid, freshman or is he a sophomore? I said, He's a sophomore. Is he going to be okay? I saw him. They carted him off the field. Yeah, he's going to be okay. You know, so people, you know, people at my at my work may be more aware because I'm a BYU alum and everybody knows that. But I think generally, and I, I see all kinds of people that people are generally aware of what BYU is doing and what's going on. But getting back to the point that you. That you made about uh, you know that, that I can say things, I I absolutely. Some people may think that I'm unaware of that. I'm absolutely conscious of the fact that I do have a voice at BYU, and I do have a voice with with the, with the coaching staff. You know, some of them I played with, and and Steve Gafusi's family. I recognize that, but I don't you know wield that like a club over there. As I say things, and I, I you know, and I speak directly to Bronco. Um, I have a, you know, I, I, he has an open door policy with me. I can come in and see Bronco whenever I want. Um, Is that and, in person, and, or and are you texting Bronco? Like, how does that work? Uh, you know, yeah, we'll text each other, and he'll, he'll, you know, he'll, he'll pop me a text um, every now and then, and I'll, and I'll text him back. Um, he'll call me, um, you know, and I'll call him back. And I went in town. He wants me to come by the, uh, you know, his office and see him. He doesn't want me to swing by and not and not pop into his office. You know, I, I, I have an open door policy with the team. I come in in and out. I have a locker in uh, in the auxiliary locker room. I've got a locker that's there. I've got. I've You've got, got a two. locker there. Do you I come work out or something? Well, yeah, when I come into town, I've got you know, it's, nice. it's, I've got a I've got a mesh bag with uh, shorts and you know sh- socks, and I've got shoes there. And when I come in, I go in there and work out and. And uh, and I can roam the, the hallways and go pop into the uh, meeting rooms and sit in with the running backs with Mark Atuaya and return some uh, puns, uh, stuff uh, like yeah, that. Right, uh, but but yeah, you know, listen. I, um, but I hear Steve Young's got a locker there too. You know, he's probably locked right next to Taysom Hill. I'm, I'm in the auxiliary locker room with the, uh, <laughs> where, the, where the walk-on players are. But uh, but I, I love my relationship with BYU, and I, I uh, you know, and and, and I think. I, I think they recognize that, you know, I think Robert and I and, and uh, Steve Calfusia probably had to explain to Bonk at the beginning, uh, you know, this, this dude is just, you know, first of all, he's crazy. And second of all, uh, you know, he, he just, he'll say things. And uh, we may not always like it, but he'll say things. But, but at the end of the day, Vi has BYU's best interest at heart. And I think, I think, I think some of them have talked to him about that and, because, you know, he's warmed up to me and we've sat in his office and talked, uh, you know, for an hour or so about the program, and, and then he'll tell me, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. And, and then other things I'll say, and he'll say, you know what, you're absolutely right, and we're doing our best to do that. And uh, But that's that's the nature of our relationship. And I'll tell him, Bronco, I think I think that was really dumb to do that. And he'll say, well, you may think it's dumb, but that's what I did. I, I'm, yeah, I think it's dumb. But having said that, I love the way you... I love the way you hold guys accountable. I love the way you do that, and I appreciate that. Um, but, you know, I, listen, I'm, I'm a voice. I, there's a lot of people that have voices in the program. Um, you know, but I and, and, and I don't know, you know, I, I think he just he recognizes that I, I love the program, and I, I have the program's best interest at heart, but, and a lot of us do. But not everybody's as vocal as I am. There's a lot of guys who think stuff, but they don't say it. I'm just not that way. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a different kind of Tongan, man. I, 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 I'll come You're in a fighter. and stuff. <laughs> you know what? Maybe that's what it is. I, you know, I grew up Verbal boxing. And, uh, and and I don't like and I don't like you know when when people are are, are being bullied and someone says well you know maybe sometimes you're a bully I I don't I don't see myself as a bully I I see myself as a guy who uh, who tries to do the right things I do the right things I try to do the right things in my personal life it has worked well for me in my personal life um, you know uh, and, and people gravitate to what I say when I write something in the Desert News for some reason people go read it. And, and uh, not everybody thinks it's gospel. I get a lot of people that, that disagree with me. I love that. I love that people disagree with me. My, my own kids call me and say, Dad, I can't believe you wrote that. And you, you know, you said that. that. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. 
that my kids are like everybody else. They, they, they read things I say, and they go, yeah, man, you, you, you're crazy, Dad. And I say, oh, yeah, I, I am crazy, but crazy has worked for me really, really well. I'm, I'm, I've been enormously successful in my life because crazy works for Vice Kahana. Well, Vi, thanks so much for the time. Uh, and I think you share something with a teammate you had, Trevor Maddich, and that is you both have an unquestionable passion for BYU Cougar football. And we wish you the best of luck in Philadelphia and certainly uh, are glad to have you on the show here at BYU Sports Nation. Jeremy Spencer, I love being on your show. Anytime you need me on, I'm, uh, you got my cell number and uh, your boy Ben Bagley, your producer's got it. So call me anytime. I love coming on. Vi Sikahema offering great insight on BYU Sports Nation. Can you tell he he uh, is passionate about the Cougars, Jeremy? Yeah, and I that conversation took a uh, twist down a different road that I didn't think we would. Uh, Vi explaining, yeah, Bronco and I disagree, but we get along, we talk, you know that kind of thing. I love the fact that he has a locker. Yeah. And he makes fun of Steve Young. He probably has one by Taysom Hill. I have one in the auxiliary <laughs> room by the walk-ons. That was great. That was great. Very Let's update the poll results. Yeah, absolutely. Poll results. Uh, on BYUTVSports.com, uh, vote there and weigh in on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. What do you want to see the most as BYU hosts Middle Tennessee tomorrow? The leader right now at 67%. Taysom Hill completes 50% or more of his passes, followed by Just Win at 23%, and then... Uh, BYU to win by 20-plus, and then a defensive shutout just at 1%. So BYU fans mostly want, of those four options we gave them, Taysom Hill to complete 50% or more. I dug up an interesting stat yesterday. Well, you tell me if it's interesting. Against Utah, Taysom Hill was 18 of 48, 260 yards. That's a career high, by the way, 260. 30 incomplete passes, right? If he goes just 50%, 24 of 48, he was completing, he was getting 14 yards per completion. If he... Goes fifty percent and has six more. Who knows if that number is? That's another the same. ninety yards. It's three forty-four. Eighty-four yards. Eighty-four yeah. yards. Taysom Hill is averaging fourteen yards per completion on the season as well. BYU's twentieth in the country in that category. BYU would be three and zero if, in my opinion, if Taysom Hill throws for just fifty percent. Middle Tennessee, he has got to fifty percent. You want your quarterback to be at sixty, but if Taysom's at fifty. Go fast, go hard, works, and it works really well. Robert and I said that it all starts with pass protection. If he wants that uh, pass completion percentage to go up, if the Cougars want that to happen, it starts with pass protection and that young yet capable offensive line. Up next, BYU men's basketball coach Dave Rose tells BYU Sports Nation how he's feeling after surgery and why to get amped for Cougar basketball in the upcoming year. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation, on the home of the BYU Cougars, BYU Radio. It is a Thursday. It's game day eve. It is good. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio with Jeremy Jordan and Spencer Linton. Tomorrow's game day between BYU and Middle Tennessee. BYU Radio's pregame coverage starts at 7 p.m. Eastern. BYU TV's countdown to kickoff begins at 8. The game on ESPNU and BYU Radio starts at 9 p.m. Eastern. Both BYU TV and BYU Radio have postgame coverage immediately after the game ends. Tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation, about a national championship twist with quarterback Robbie Bosco. Rise and shout for that. That's yeah, what I say. Absolutely. He'll make his BYU Sports Nation debut. And Middle Tennessee senior quarterback Logan Kilgore joins us for a look at the Blue Raiders. And while we're talking about Middle Tennessee, Jerem, they hail from Murfreesboro. Oh, yeah. You're, you're familiar with Murfreesboro, aren't you? Been there, done? No, no. We're Barely gonna, know how to say we're it. We're going to find out how much you know. We've. I don't know the answers to this. About the county seat of Rutherford County. <laughs> the county seat. Very nice. <laughs> okay, Jeremy, true or false? There are more than 100,000 people living in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I'm going to go false. True. Oh! Population, 108,755. So a little smaller than Provo. What is the largest city, well, the largest big city in Tennessee that people would know about? That's, that's close Nashville. to Murfreesboro. Yeah, very good. Nashville. You kind of cheated on Nashville. that. I, I, I don't know why you cheated on that. Uh, cheated? Geography, man. <laughs> Here we go. Keep, keep it rolling with Murfreesboro, what Tennessee. What Middle Tennessee, true or false, has the largest undergraduate roster, if you will, of any college in the state of Tennessee. Oh, in Tennessee? I couldn't tell you five colleges in Tennessee. I'll go... Uh... I, well, I don't know. On the, I'll go true. 
That is true. Yes. Undergraduate yes. population of 22,299, 25,188 total students. That was in, back in 2009. Marv also, Albert says, yes. Yeah. Yes. Murfreesboro. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting to bust that out for like, oh, you and know, I love Marv since Albert's the inception goal. of this show. What else you got? Okay. Also, the 84th best place to live in the United States, ranked by Money Magazine. 84th? Out of 745 cool? cities with a population over 50,000. That's not bad. What's Provo? I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to get on that. Is, is Murfreesboro a better place to live than Provo? <laughs> Got to find this out. We'll make a trip there next year. BYU at Middle Tennessee. That's right. My dad lives in Asheville, North Carolina. It's in the western part. He's only four and a half hours away. I said, next year, you got to be there, man. Show up against the Blue Raiders. Uh, also, if you know some places to eat in Murfreesboro, in the Nashville area, you need to tell us at BYU Sports Nation immediately. And we need to mark that down. For your trip next year? Yes. Absolutely. Assuming I go to Murfreesboro. Yeah. It's a year away, but uh, likely. You'll likely be in Murfreesboro, and you can report on that. And uh, BYU Sports Nation will have you live from Murfreesboro next year. Thus wraps up our Murfreesboro, Tennessee trivia time. Very good, Jerem Jordan. Next time we'll have uh, game show music under that. We now turn our attention to BYU basketball. We're just 27 days away from the Cougar tip-off. Coach Dave Rose now joins us. Coach, the last month or so has been interesting for you with the health scare, the recovery, and getting ready for the basketball season. Can you get BYU Sports Nation caught up in your own words what the last couple of months have been like for you? Well, yeah, yeah no problem. It's good, it's good to be able to talk with you guys today. I think that, uh, you know, about, about a month ago when I had the scan – uh, and I've had these uh, monthly, I mean, uh, biannual scans every six months. I've uh, uh, go in and have an MRI, and it's my abdomen, and we take a look at my liver, and my lungs, my kidney, my pancreas, everything. And I, I, I've got a pretty good idea where they all fit on the sheet of paper. I still don't really have a, a good idea how they are inside of me, but um, you know, they've all been really, really positive, really good. Uh, and uh, this last one, you know, the, they, they felt like the one spot that we had been watching had grown a little, and then there were a couple other spots that they were concerned of about. They took the case to their tumor board there with, uh, you know, a group of radiologists and oncologists and surgeons and just, you know, some of the best minds, uh, you know, which I consider to be in the business. And they felt like the best option for me was to remove these surgically. And so... Um, are um, you know? I, I, right then, it became a little bit stressful trying to figure out the time to to manage uh, uh, to be able to to do this and then be able to get myself in a position so I could be back and ready to go. And they were really accommodating uh, as far as the time was concerned, and actually got me in that next Monday and uh, uh, removed the the spots and. Uh, um, I've been home now for um, about a week and a half and feeling better every day. So you just mentioned you're feeling better, better every day, but are you feeling uh, a lot better than you were when the cancerous spots were? No, I'm not actually. I, I felt great. Hmm. Uh, you know, with, and, and, and that was kind of the, the situation, you know, the last time that probably got me into a really difficult spot was that um, – I was feeling really good until the end when, you know, I actually had the episode on the plane where, you know, I, I uh, got really lightheaded. Uh, but at that time, when they removed the tumor, the tumor was the size of a large orange. And uh, we got the tumor this time when it was, you know, in the, you know just really small stages. And so in some ways, I just think that, uh, you know, it's a, it's a real blessing for me to be able to to go through these scans and have these people monitor it and realize that uh, if, they, if the you know, the, you know, the tumors do uh, you know reappear, that uh, they have three or four different ways in which we can uh, take care of it. And it, it seems you know a, a, a little bit uh, well, it is. It's uh, this is not everyone's life, <laughs> but it's my life, and we talked about it so many times. Uh, that when it did happen, it was, you know, uh, it was an emotional thing to realize that that that, that I'm not going to, you know, go the rest of my life without the cancer reappearing. That it is back, 
but now let's get let's take care of it and and uh, I think that the doctors are really pleased with how everything worked out. Coach, this has been an amazing uh, emotional roller coaster for you and for your family, I'm sure. And it's been documented at the national level on ESPN with Andy Katz, and and now it's back in the news. What have you learned about yourself and where basketball and family fit into the the big grander scheme of things through all of this? Well, I, what I've learned about myself is to to really pay a lot more attention to my body, and you know the days that. Um, you know, I'm not feeling well, or maybe I don't have as much energy. That that let let people help me with that. There's you know really really smart uh, you know doctors that that have a, a plan, and and there's reasons why your body doesn't feel well. And I kind of ignored those for years and just kind of fought through everything. But uh, so that's one thing that's a lot different in my life. But uh, the you know. The, the cancer itself and, you know, my ability to deal with it, I'm just really lucky that it's a manageable tumor. I mean, there's so many other tumors that I could have, uh, you know, could have had that uh, would not allow me to do what I'm doing. And uh, so that that makes me grateful for every day and, and makes me, you know, really excited just for the opportunity that I have to do what I do and to coach. And uh, I, I, I do believe that, uh, it seems a little bit strange, but uh, uh, competition is is something that I, I, I really love. It's one of my favorite parts about this job is uh, the opportunity to compete and to challenge your guys and put a game plan together and then you know realize the uh, the success of that game plan a couple hours later or you know ways you can improve it and do better. Uh, and I feel kind of that same way with with this cancer that. Uh, this is a little bit of a competition, and and I've got a lot of people on my side that are helping me. But uh, the most important thing is that we can, you know, find these things and, and take care of them and get me back to where I feel good and and uh, can get going again. Talking with BYU head basketball coach Dave Rose, uh, coach, how has the schedule with the start of practice, which I know is a little earlier this year, how has that affected maybe the schedule? And when can uh, when will you be back on the sidelines, coach? Well, we um, we we had talked when when the NCAA made the, the decision to, to change this and then just go from the first Friday closest to the fifteenth and and move it. To I think you've got 42 days from your first scheduled games. You have 30 days that you can practice in those 42 days. We talked about the pros and the cons of all those things, but we hadn't really made a decision on when we were actually going to start. I I, I was kind of holding off for conference weekend because I I give, I give our guy conf, guys conference weekends off and they get to go to the missionary for, uh, reunions and, and those things and. Uh, we had talked about October 7th as maybe a time that we would start, um, but once this occurred and we realized that uh, you know that this was the date I was going to be operated on, and if you, if I could have a month to recover before that, it would make it really, really uh, you know a, a lot more manageable. And so that's kind of how the decision was made this year. I we'll just have to see how it works. You know, the season is really long, and our practices are really intense, and they're really hard and I don't want to slow practice down at all, uh, but I don't want to go multiple days where we go five, you know, six days in a row this early either. So I, I, we need to manage this and see how we can uh, get it to feel right. But I do like the flexibility that it gives us to take a couple days off in the middle of the week in October when uh, you guys can just kind of be normal students uh, instead of starting on that, you know, 15th or 16th, and then you got to cram every day possible. Uh, to get ready for the season, so uh, we'll just see how it how it works and, and how, how it feels this year. Talking with head coach Dave Rose of the BYU basketball program, coach, uh, we focused a lot about your health and and for good reason. Now let's switch our attention to the actual basketball season and your team this year. You come in with 209 career wins. It would be tough to imagine you not crossing the 230 barrier this year with the talent that you have on the roster. What makes you most excited about the 2013 squad moving forward? Well, there's, there's a couple things that really excite me about this year's team. There's a lot of new faces. Okay, that can bring some real anxiety to a coach because there's some real inexperience there. We we've had more returning players every year uh, than new players, and this year we have more new players than we have returning guys. And so um, 
that has created a lot of excitement in our preseason. Uh, the work ethic with this group is terrific. But I'm really excited to see how these young, talented, big guys, uh, you know, they're skilled and, and, and uh, you know, they're, they've got great size. They can really run. How, the, how their experience factor uh, will increase uh, with our experienced guard line. We've got a great guard line with, you know, Matt and Tyler both started for two years. Kyle Collinsworth started, you know, his freshman year. Skylar Hallford's an All-American junior college player that's played 70 games. Anson Winder's been a, a starter and been, been as versatile as any players we've had playing all three guard positions for us. So we'll really rely on those backcourt, the experience of those backcourt guys as these young big guys kind of develop for us. But uh, I think it's a really good combination, and I'm really looking forward to it. Dave Rose, we appreciate your time. We're glad that your uh, health is doing okay, and we're excited to see uh, the 2013-14 edition of the BYU Cougars. All right, guys, so am I. I'm, I'm excited. And we are to 230 wins, like I said during the interview. I, it's hard to believe he won't reach that mark this year. And this year's very exciting. B- BYU has two scholarships that they're going to burn. You can have 13, only 11 scholarship players. But this team is is going to be a good team. Eric Mika, this guy can throw down. Carlino and Mika have been throwing oops all summer, is is what I hear. We're gonna, It's going to be an exciting year. This team's exciting. Has BYU ever had a dynamic dunking time? I mean, Trent Placid was pretty good, but Eric Mika has taken things to a new level. For a big man, yeah, he's he's really good. You, Mike Hall had some teeth grinding dunks in the in '03 and '04 against Air Force, but yeah. oh man, the one against Air Force, oh, still, Love still, it. that just came out of nowhere. Love it. He's showing off the boosties. <laughs> I love it. We'll go from football to basketball now to women's volleyball. Coming up, Sean Olmstead, head coach of the Cougars, tells us whether it will be a three or four set victory tonight <laughs> against St. Mary's. This is BYU Sports Nation. Back to more Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Thanks, announcer man. Tonight on BYU Radio, the 17th-ranked BYU women's soccer team hosts 19th-ranked Denver. What's Denver's uh, mascot? The Pioneers! Very nice. In the Cougars' penultimate non-conference game, listen to it live, 9 Eastern, on BYU Radio. Doubt ye not, Jerem. Uh, also tonight... The women's volleyball team hosting West Coast Conference foe St. Mary's, 9 p.m. Eastern. The Cougars riding a huge wave of confidence after sweeping second-ranked San Diego last Friday. BYU TV tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern. BYU trying to get back in the top 25. Fresh off of a really good week. Beat Utah, previously undefeated last Tuesday in Salt Lake City. Thought that would be positive vibes for the football game. Uh, and then Friday night, second-ranked San Diego comes into the Smith Fieldhouse and goes out a loser via the broom. Sweep. I mean, it's one thing to beat the second-ranked team in the country, but to sweep them. That's awesome. Yeah, great win. Great, great win for BYU women's volleyball. Uh, one other programming note we have for you today on ESPNU. Bronco Mendenhall will join Dari Noka. Uh, it will air 2.40 p.m. Eastern, 12.40 Mountain Time. Uh, it will feature a clip from ESPN's Road Trip show, uh, specifically focusing on Thursday's Hero. You don't want to miss that. 12.40 Mountain Time, 2.40 Eastern on ESPNU, Bronco Mendenhall. Let's do a rise and shout. Let's give it to Jeff Benedict, hardest working man in uh, the writing industry. He's all over the place with a book, uh, which, by the way, is... We're told is, uh, the, so the system, the glory and scandal of college, big time college football, number 12 on the New York Times bestseller list. It will this debut. Debut, debut at number, number 12. 12. And then number seven on the ebooks bestseller. Wow. Then, so he writes that. He go, he's going on a book tour um, last week. He's in studio here recording with us. He did a True Blue interview last week. We have him on the pregame show on BOE TV prior to the Utah game. Then the next day, he writes the Spencer Hadley uh, you know, article. Uh, and goes to the prison, writes that article, talks to him. While he's at an NFL game. What? Meanwhile, he's in Washington, D.C. now covering Ziggy for the <laughs> Lions against the Redskins. He's in New York right now. And that uh, Spencer Hadley article, if you missed the interview earlier with Jeff Benedict, has 300,000 views on SI.com and 33,000 Facebook likes. Which is a record for SI.com. Yeah. His, he was sitting with his editor in New York and his editor's handing him these notes Oh, by the way, this and this. We're awesome, and we're even more awesome. 
<laughs> we are awesome. <laughs> Good stuff coming tonight here in Provo, Utah. Women's soccer, we mentioned, they take on the 19th-ranked Denver Pioneers. BYU kind of in an interesting position. We had Jaden Thornock here, scored the game-winner against Oklahoma Thursday. She was in studio with us on BYU Sports Nation. But then they go to Long Beach and lose a game that really on paper they, they shouldn't have lost. But after a really fast start, they scored 10 goals in their first three games. Things have kind of slowed down. I don't know if that's scouting or coaching uh, of the opponents, but the midfield game has, has slowed down a little bit. It'll be interesting to see what BYU does against a pretty solid ranked team tonight on Southfield in, in relatively cold weather conditions. Yeah, and BYU's used to this. Last year they played Utah State in the first round of the tournament. Literally, Tom Homel, BYU athletic director, with a shovel out earlier in the day getting the field off. So BYU's used to cold conditions, just not this early. Another random note. I just love these random stats, right, from football. Okay. So yesterday I'm looking up Adam Hine. He's had a bunch of really good returns, right? Um, six, Only six kickoff returns for Adam Hine so far on the season, three of which have had flags. That would have had there not been flags, and who knows how much they aided those plays, but he would have a 51, a 57, and a 100-yard return, the 104th touchdown against Utah. He, it, he would be averaging 46.5 yards per return, which would be number one in the country. Instead, he's 30th. Who's second? Who, what would be second in the country? Do you know? It's 35. But not even close. Yeah. Not even close. BYU is, is not far from an effective passing game, in my opinion. And then if you coach a little, di- execute a little differently, the kick return game could be good. And because the BYU defense doesn't give up a bunch of touchdowns, you don't have very many kickoff returns. You're literally having an average of two per game, two or three per game. At the half or second half, and then if BYU gives up touchdowns, which they're giving up about two a game. Okay, Jerem, with all that has been discussed about the football team and Middle Tennessee coming in tomorrow, what do you think is the one thing that has to happen for BYU to get a 20-point victory, which you feel they should do tomorrow? Oh, the BYU, I think they'll rush until they get a big lead, and then they'll try and work things out through the passing game. That sounds kind of silly, but I think BYU needs to work things out in the passing game. Uh, I think offensively it's going to be pass the ball 50% or more completion rate. I don't think that Middle Tennessee is going to put points up on the board against BYU. Big thanks to our guests, Jeff Benedict, Vice Sikahema, Dave, Rose, everyone on our BYU Sports Nation crew, producer Ben Bagley, senior coordinating producer Michael Miner, BYU Radio Station Manager Don Shaline, production assistants Alan Miller and Spencer King, and our stylish engineer, Aaron Evans. Check out archived episodes of the show every afternoon on the BYU Radio YouTube channel. For Spencer Linton, I'm Jerem Jordan. You just listened to BYU Sports Nation. Woo!